Yesterday, I had the opportunity to bury someone, to participate in a funeral of someone from the greatest generation, as Tom Brokaw calls it. A generation that saw enormous change throughout their lives and adjusted to those changes. A generation who sacrificed a lot, some with their very lives, that enables us today to enjoy many of the freedoms that we have. As Baptists, uh, we believe in the separation of church and state, but there are some aspects of church and state that are inseparable, that you cannot separate, because what has been given and the sacrifice that's been given uh, leads to the freedoms that we have in this great country of ours. Um, I think about the sacrifices that people have made of that greatest generation and beyond, uh, whether it's a World War II vet, and uh, the interesting thing about those men and women who serve is that very, very often they don't want to talk about the details of their service, because the details of their service was so monumental to them, so life-shattering, life-changing. And I want to encourage you to, sometimes we don't realize the sacrifices that are made by our U.S. military and their families. Sometimes, uh, you know, we see a commercial about supporting veterans and uh, it seems so distant from us. Uh, but there's no such thing as a veteran or a serviceman or a woman that goes on the field of combat and comes back the same. It just doesn't happen. Everybody changes, war changes, conflict changes, sacrifice changes, and giving into that sacrifice changes. Not only on a military level, but also on a spiritual level. Because when we surrender all and we are willing to lay everything down, our lives change in a radical way. That's what it means to come to Christ. And as the video portrayed, and as Jamie sang, and she talked about the sacrifice that's given. Jesus made the sacrifice for you and me. He took on the battle of the world, the battle of the universe. And it wasn't for a distant land, it wasn't just for America, it was for everybody. It was for all people of all nations that they might have a Savior that they could believe in, a Lord that they could pursue, and that they could have a Lord and Savior that pursues them. That's the heartbeat of our mission, is to see people come to Christ and to see people's lives changed. And many of the blessings that we have today are a direct result of sacrifices of people who have gone before us and sacrifices of people who are even in the midst of us. PTSD is a real issue. And it saddens me to say that, and this is my opinion, and I think that you know, I can express this, that our country does a great job in supporting troops while they're there. We don't do a great job administering to our troops when they come home. People come home broken. Marriages are on edge. 
the psychological trauma that our servicemen and women face, the realities of war that no one wants to discuss, the flags that are waved on July 4th and Memorial Day and Veterans Day, the reason the flag is able to fly is because some people poured out their blood on this earth for the freedoms that we have. And as teary-eyed and as emotional as we get for people who have sacrificed it all for the freedoms that we are able to enjoy, we should be all the more moved by the God who came to earth in the form of Jesus Christ and was a ransom for so many. He is worthy of our worship and worthy of our praise. He gives us the ability to have freedom that we could never, ever enjoy. The freedom of eternity. Never has there been a greater sacrifice that was given. Never will there be a sacrifice that is greater than the sacrifice given by Christ. And so for those men and women who have died in service to this country who have died in service of freedom, it is but a taste of the sacrifice that Christ has given for you and for me. Hundreds of thousands of people over our history have laid it all down. My family, practically everybody in my family that was a part of the greatest generation served in either World War II or in the Korean War or in Vietnam. And it was not until that they passed away that we began doing research and we realized just kind of things they had done. I had a great uncle who was on the bomber that was behind the one that dropped the Hiroshima bomb. He watched it fall. I have another uncle that landed at Normandy, and both of them are deceased now. Another uncle that landed at Normandy. Everybody in his group was killed. He lived in the trenches for three weeks among Germans, pretended to be dead in order to survive. He, re he recorded all this in a journal that we never saw until after he had passed. The tributes and the prices they paid... And we tend to be very nostalgic about the past in the sense of our World War II veterans. And let me say this, that there is just, even in this era of drones and technology, there is just as much trauma and drama with our current military as there was then. And we need to remember and we need to seek them out and we need to thank them for their service and for their sacrifice. Memorial Day is a time to remember, remember those who have given it all. And amongst our military, there are many who come home that are depressed and in emotional trauma because they weren't able to give as much as they wanted to and they feel guilty because they've come home safe, so to speak, and yet some of the men and women that they were deployed with come home draped in a flag rather than coming home to the comforts of this nation and home. I'm so glad that we have a God that is not a God that is distant from us, 
but a God who is in the midst of us. A God who didn't move in to a city or in a location that's away from us, but a God, according to John 1.1, who has moved into our very neighborhood. A God who not only cares, but a God, as Psalm 68 gives, a God who, only, who not only cares, but a God who bears. A God who bears our burdens. A God who takes on our needs. A God who knows us intimately. A God who identifies with our brokenness, with our trials, with our struggles, with our problems, with our PTSD, with our emotional stress, our emotional drama, and everything else in between. We do not have a God who is sympathetic. We have a God who is empathetic, who identifies with the experience. And the difference between sympathy and empathy is a difference of distance. God does not distantly relate to his people. God is involved in the struggle of his people. It is the only God in the universe that is there through the thick and the thin of the journey of life who experiences some of our greatest moments and who experiences some of our lowest struggles, our deepest and darkest times. God is not just a God who cares. He's a God who bears. And the burden for which he has given himself and the burden for which he has taken on is not a burden that any one of us or any of us collectively could have taken. It is a burden for the entire world. That the entire world, that the entire world might be freed from the problems of sin and depravity and oppression and everything else that plagues the human race. God believes in us. He hopes in us. He cares for us. And he wants, us, he, he wants to see us thrive, not just survive. He wants to see us experience what true joy can bring. The burden that he takes on is a burden that has existed since the garden. It's that burden of sin that separates us, that keeps us pushed down. It is the voice within us sometimes that says that we can't. It is that, that voice that says you're never going to amount to anything. It is that voice that says that we can never be what we want to be. It's the voice that so many of us have believed in for years and years and years. Sometimes that voice was an oppressive father. Sometimes that voice was an abusive mother. Sometimes that voice is someone that we respected, that we allowed to speak into our lives and they spoke poison instead of encouragement. And we have bought into that and we have been so oppressed by what we have experienced in this life. And the burden that Christ takes is a burden to eradicate that cancer that is inherent in the midst of who we are so that we can have a life that is absolutely worth living. We celebrate the sacrifice and the sacrifices of our men and women in uniform who go to lands that sometimes we can't even spell, let alone locate on a map. We celebrate that with fervor. Some of you who served in Vietnam 
you didn't get the reception that was due. Some of you who served in Korea, in the history books in school, it was but three sentences. Three sentences for so many lives lost. Vietnam was a paragraph for so many lives lost. And you see, it makes no difference whether the politics was right and wrong for where we went. Because here's the thing, nobody that was in the service, very few, listen, you don't get a choice. You were sent. Sometimes against your will. Sometimes you were scared. Even some of our men and women today are afraid of what they will face. But I want you to know that you serve a God who's very aware of what you experienced. And though you may not have gotten man's applause, I want you to know that he has you. He has you in his hand. He has you in mind. He had you in his hand. He had you in mind. And for so many of us who are plagued with the trauma and drama of the wars that we face, either the wars of this nation or the battles on the home front, whatever it might be for our story today, he doesn't want you to be defined by your war-torn memories. He wants you to be defined by the victory of Christ who has given us hope beyond hope because he not only cares, he bears our burdens. The other thing I want you to notice in this passage other than verse 19 of him bearing our burdens is verse 20. Our God is a God who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. The beauty of it is the fact that he reaches down in the midst of where we are, in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our drama, in the midst of our problem, in the midst of our depression, in the midst of whatever else is plaguing us, and he fixes our brokenness. He doesn't fix our brokenness by giving us counseling necessarily. He doesn't fix our brokenness by giving us a prescription of medication. He doesn't fix our brokenness by putting a band-aid here or making sure that we look the part. He fixes our brokenness by giving us himself. By filling us up with himself. Because you and I can never be the person that we need to be until we have laid it all down for him. In the battle that is the Lord's, in the battle that we are called to, there's no haphazard sacrifice. And everybody in this universe that God has called to salvation has a decision to make. And the decision is, are we going to let him have all of us? Are we going to surrender everything? Are we going to be saved so that we escape death? Because there is no salvation. Listen, you cannot have Christ as Savior unless you and I have Christ as Lord. If you give 99% of your life to Christ, but you've retained 1%, then you've not laid it all down. And there's so many people today that have given Him the majority of their lives, 
they've given 100% of their spiritual walk, but they've not surrendered everything. In the military, in service to this country, some have been required to sacrifice it all, to lay it all down. In the spiritual battle, it's not an option of whether you and I sacrifice it all. It's a mandate. That we would love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. You can't do that unless you lay it all down. The invitation today is very simple. In a few moments, the deacons are going to come up to the table. They're going to pass out bread. And they're going to pass out a cup. And this is what I want you to know. If you're here this morning and you've never surrendered it all. I'm not talking about giving God praise. I'm not talking about being honest or being emotional. I'm talking about laying it all down. Everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. Because God doesn't want to fix you, God wants to complete you. God does not want to fix this part or fix that part or trim this twig or trim that twig or make you look pretty. God wants all of you. And He doesn't want you to be you. He wants you to be Christ that's living in Him. He doesn't want to give you a new outfit. He wants to give you an entire, complete, total makeover, both inside and out. He wants you to quit dwelling on what has been. He wants you to be assured of your future. Because He's not just a God who cares. He's a God who bears. He's not just a God who's interested in knowing you just to know you. He is a God who's interested in saving us, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, from ourselves. You see, we have an enemy, the devil, that prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And Peter tells us to resist him, standing firm in our faith. We spend a lot of time talking about the devil and not giving it to temptation but you know, sometimes the greatest struggle that we have is the struggle of self. It's sort of like the children's story that many of you will be able to understand, the little engine that could. Some are not able to go over the mountain. But what enables someone to go over the mountain is the ability to say, yes, I can, yes, I can, yes, I can, I think I can, I think I can. And before you know it, you have gone over the pinnacle of what you believed was an impossibility. In the spiritual life, our ability to go up those mountains, the ability to ascend to the highest places is not based on our ability to train or our ability or our stamina or our strength. It's based on the fact that God can do all things through us, through Christ that's dwelling inside of us, through the work of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 4.13, For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. 
Do you have untapped potential today? This invitation, God wants to not only care for you, He wants to bear with you. God not only wants to fix you, He wants to save you. And if you have been running from your own demons of self, today is the perfect opportunity. If you've been in the service of this country and you've been running from situations and trauma and drama and you've never spilled it because you don't, it's all in here, guess what? God's not interested in what your mind's telling you. He wants your heart. Now, growing up in a military family, this heart issue, it's really hard to get to the heart. I have a father who I've seen him be emotional one time in my life. And I'm not saying anything I wouldn't share with him. And the one day that I saw him uh, become emotional, I didn't know how to handle it. I'd never seen my father cry. He cried at his mother's grave. I was just lost for words. Because getting him, listen, when you're trained to go, 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 when you're owned by the United States government, it's hard to relinquish control to a God you can't see when you're working for a government that you can see. But the reality is this. He doesn't care for you. He bears the burdens for you. He doesn't want you to be a military machine. He wants you to crawl into his lap and to be his child. Because he knows that when you're his, we are more than conquerors. When you're his, we will be victorious. When we're His, we are made complete. When we are His, we have joy. When we are His, we can do exceedingly better than we've ever asked or imagined, is the Apostle Paul writes. So my encouragement to you today, as we celebrate communion, the invitation is this. As you take the bread... This is his body that was broken for you. And no matter what brokenness you have experienced, no matter what reality has brought you in this place, in this moment, you are never so far away from God as he cannot reach in the midst of your burden and bring you to where he is. How can I say that? Because he is exactly where you are. He's lifting you out of your despair, but he's in the midst of the despair. He knows what it's like to be you because he's been in the agony of your experience. So as you take the bread today, it is a decision of absolute surrender. You are surrendering to the one who has sacrificed everything for you long before you and I ever had the opportunity to believe in the God who saves, God believed in you enough to send His one and only Son. Long before you were created in your mother's womb, God knew you before the foundations of the world. And He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to demonstrate His love for you. You may say this morning, I made so many mistakes... You may look back at your tour of duty 
and you may be harboring guilt over decisions that you, were, that you made or that you were commanded to make. Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ died for you. Jesus Christ is a winner. And you can be a winner in Him. This is the invitation. The body of Christ broken for us. The blood of Christ shed for you. Never has a sacrifice been given that has accomplished so much as the person of Christ. Though we celebrate the sacrifices of so many, our worship is centered around the sacrifice of one, Jesus Christ. He died for you. He died for me. He not only cares, he bears. And his ultimate desire is to save you, to bring you joy, so that you cannot just survive, but you and I can thrive in him.